0: Welcome, once again, to Robert Nauer Unfiltered. In this episode, which is a rebroadcast of a previous one, which, for whatever reason, had a lot of electronic issues, I'm going to talk about hacking of bank accounts, hacking of your computers, and your iPhones. In the day and age today, more than ever, we, as a public, are able to be hacked. Now, surprisingly, in Asia... And in the European Union, because of their privacy laws that they have there, which I wish we had here. I wish our Congress gave a shit about us. I wish that our government officials and our state officials cared about us, but they don't. If they did, if we had laws like they had in the European Union, where your information could not be bought or sold, things would be so much better for all of us. They really would be. But then there's also the dark web. And the dark web is where bad actors go to purchase information, be it banking information, personal information, credit card information, on all of us. In fact, China, who has stolen literally millions upon millions of accounts from various firms and from governments, such as our own federal government, from the Department of Defense and the Office of Personnel Management, where my wife and I, among with 10 million other former service members, had all of our military and personal data stolen, including our retirement information, stolen by the Chinese about almost 10 years ago now because of a hack that they performed through the Office of Personnel Management which at the time was run by a Hispanic lady, I can't remember her name, but she obviously didn't know her job very well. And they've never really devoted sufficient IT resources, dollars or people to provide safe or uh, this a safe computing environment in the military and in the federal government. And so that's how my wife and I Retirement information and our military records were all hacked, along with 10 million other service wow. members. And what that does, people will say, well, what is the Chinese going to do with that data? What is the Chi- What are the Chinese or the Russians going to do with that kind of information? Well, they can do a lot. They're looking for specific people, people that they can blackmail, people that they can do social engineering... And social engineering does not mean engineering, it's a form of cybercrime. It's where they use social media and other social characteristics and communications to threaten people to divulge information and or to give them access to information. I'll talk about that a little bit later, but... Nevertheless, my wife and our information is out there on the dark web. It has always been. And the only thing that the federal government has ever provided us and the other 10 million people with is lifetime, um, what do they call it? Lifetime identity tracking. Big fucking deal. Like, that really helps us. Because usually it's after the fact. It doesn't mean that you're secure. It just means that after the fact, they will try to help you, supposedly. But I don't believe it. And again, I go back to our federal government just simply not doing enough to protect citizens and and our own Congress not doing enough to protect citizens' personal information. It is a crime. It is a crime that our own Congress sits on their ass every single day and does nothing to protect American citizens' privacy data. So where are we in this country? Well, where we are is in a very bad state because also considering artificial intelligence, ChatGPT, GPT and a bunch of different AI platforms and software, we now have that to contend with because the bad actors of the world, the Chinese, the Russians, the Iranians, the Nigerians, the Congolese, and God knows, and just everybody else, every other criminal element you can possibly even begin to think about, they are all attacking Americans online and via telephone for specific reasons, to gain access to your bank accounts, to your credit cards, and to other personal information in order to threaten and intimidate you or cajole you into divulging information that if you did would be very disastrous to your financial health. And I'm going to just touch on some of this lightly. But that is what happens. Our information gets sold to the dark web and criminal bad actors go to the dark web and pay for that information because they believe that they can use it to acquire money. So for instance, I just recently heard of a young couple this Labor Day weekend that had their bank accounts hacked. And the wife's bank accounts were completely cleaned out. They were cleaned out because because of the fact that she did not have good passwords, had very loose and insufficient security words, And most of her information could be found out on the World Wide Web. Now the husband was not able, it was going to be hacked, it was in the process of being hacked, but he was able to stop it when he had done his checking to find out that all of a sudden, by the time they got any alerts, that it was almost too late to get her money because they had routed it through multiple overseas bank accounts to spirit it away he was able to stop his bank accounts, which was the majority stakeholder from being obliterated by these criminals. So what Americans typically are not doing is they are not routinely changing their passwords every 90 days because they think it's too hard. They're not using really good security words. And the banks that they bank with are not requiring them to use to, uh, different types of authentication, uh, biometric, and/or facial recognition, etc etc, etc. And I got to question my Navy Federal Credit Union recently. I got to question them because the first question they ask you is if you're doing banking online is, what is the last four of your social? So I, sh- I thought to myself and I said, anybody can find that information out on the dark web as well as on the internet. Uh, for example, Zaba Search. Zaba, S-A-B-A, search.com. They actually sell that information online. They're not supposed to, but they do. So yeah, you can find out the last four digits of any person's social security number. You can search official records. You can do enough sleuthing online, go to tax records, and find all of that information out. So people are just not protective enough, not smart enough, to use really good passwords and change them routinely. A good password should be at least 13 characters long, consisting of an uppercase, a lowercase, numbers, and special characters. And they should never be repeated. Security words, such as Fat Albert or whatever, Whatever your security word is, probably, chances are, it's not sufficient. Uh, The one thing that most Americans do is they'll use a word from their past, or a word from their childhood, or a favorite word that only their local friends know. But the problem is, everybody posts this shit online at Facebook or Instagram. And they'll say, Hey, Fatty John, that's the nickname, Fatty John, was seen at a local party this week. And then they'll go to another website, and they'll say, Fatty John was doing that. Well, Fatty John happens to be his special security word. How stupid could that be? When you choose a security word, it should be one that nobody else but you and or your spouse knows. And they know enough, and you know enough, to never, ever publicize it, never, ever post that Anywhere for anybody to have, not even let your children know what your special security word is. Because bad actors can go to your children's Facebook accounts, Instagram accounts, other online media and ask your children, Could you tell us what your daddy's special code word is? Children are naive and stupid and they will do stuff like that and they'll release critical information. Your Security word that you use should also be changed about every six months at least. But again, your security word for banking needs to be so secure that there is only one or two people in the entire world that will ever know what that word is. It's kind of like a code word in case somebody gets kidnapped or is in the midst of being raped or something. You call on the telephone and you say, Batter, 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 then the person on the other end knows, oh my gosh, she's being kidnapped. I need to get to her or track her phone. It needs to be a very special word that nobody else knows. So if you don't have a special code word that is so sensitive and so secure, then you need to change it and get one that does. Because the criminal bad actors of the world are now able to obtained that information through testing and social engineering. Social engineering, anyway, let me go back to the story and finish that off. The couple, the wife had her bank account cleaned out. The husband was able to stop. But what he found out was that they almost did get all of their information and all of their money. It was only through a fluke that he was able to stop it in time. But the problem is you have to understand that if you have your account's in the midst of being hacked, and you call your bank, you're going to be dealing with a teller that is paid minimum wage, typically isn't going to give a shit about you one way or another. It's not until you talk to a branch supervisor or a security person at the bank that they will begin to care. And even then, they may not. So it really behooves you to do everything in your power to possibly make sure your accounts are as secure as possible, especially in this day and age where I guess maybe 70% of all banking is done online now. It's just uh, the wild, wild west if you are not careful in what you do. So if you're banking online, you need to have Uh, a very secure password. It needs to be changed every 90 days. You have to have a security word that only you and your wife know and nobody else knows. It's never, ever, ever been publicized anywhere else. You need to use two-factor authentication. Uh, If your bank is into biometrics, you definitely need to use it. Um, And if you have facial recognition for online banking that I do, uh, that is a real plus. Use that. Finally... When your bank asks for your security word, uh, in addition to any other two-factor authentication that you have employed, you need to make sure that each and every time, under all circumstances, every time you deal with the bank online, deal with a person online, that they ask you for that security word and any other means that they can employ. What the bottom line is, is more is better, and too little is too bad. And you know what the bank's going to say if you're, all your money is stolen? Too bad, so sad. Because the banks don't give a shit. They look at you just as a number. And you need to care. So those are the things that you need to do in order to make your banking and financial information safe and sound. And for God's sakes. Don't write your password down if you have maids or people coming in to clean your house on your desk or somewhere. Don't write them down. Have them on an encrypted USB stick that only you know and you keep it locked up in your safe. Now, social engineering. Uh, One of the newest scams going around now is where criminal bad actors will email you or spoof you on email and say, for instance... Hey, John, uh, in an email, they'll send you an email, and the email address will be some bogus email address, but they'll they'll make it sound like they're personally talking to you and that they know you and that they're watching you. They'll say, "Hey, John, um you may not think anybody knows it, but we've been watching you, and we know the naked women, the pornography that you've been looking at, pictures of child pornography." And so unless you pay us $10,000 in cash or Bitcoin right now in the next 12 hours, we're going to release all of the information that we have on you. Because we've been watching you. Every keystroke that you do, everything that you do on your computer, we've been watching you. We will contact you in 11 hours and let you know where to send the money. And if you don't do it, we're going to release all of this information to your wife, your girlfriend, your boss, blah, blah, blah. It's all bogus, but what they do is they use this social engineering methodology to scare you into believing that they really do know something about you. And the reason they do it is because 50% of all men look at pornography online. Sad. So it tugs at your heartstrings. It tugs at your conscience. It tugs at your mind. Basically, social engineering that criminals use is a fuck. They are mind-fucking you into doing something that you would not otherwise do. Or they might say, Chinese might come to you knowing that you work for the military and say, we know, Johnny C., what you've been up to. And unless you give us this uh, top secret information that we know you've been working on, we're going to divulge that you're a transvestite or a gay person or that you've been cheating on your wife. So let us know if you're willing to cooperate with us and, uh, and we will correspond with you down the road. And so they're looking for you to see if you reply. If you reply, they know that you're vulnerable. If you don't reply, just delete the message. You're probably going to be okay. But it, you'll always be scratching your head and in the back of your mind wondering, is somebody watching me? And that's what social criminal engineering is all about, is to get you to do something. The same thing that the Nigerian scammers do with catfishing for women, to make them uh, be vulnerable, think that uh, they've met somebody online that loves them, that they want to have a relationship with. And then they hit you with the question, could you send me $5,000 so I could get an airplane ticket to come meet you. And it never happens. Nobody ever meets anybody. The Nigerian criminals and the the con artists that scam old people into going to their bank and trying to get money to send them to win something online. They're all scams. And nobody's ever going to meet you in person. They just aren't. Because they're not stupid. Otherwise, the police will be there. And the police are always waiting, usually. And I know this personally, from personal experience, because my father, who had Alzheimer's, was scammed by a bunch of Nigerian uh, stupid lotteries that don't exist. And my dad, being an Alzheimer's patient, I had not taken guardianship of him yet. And he thought that um, this was all real, that he, they were going to give him a million dollars if he would go to the bank and get $150,000 to send to them. Luckily, I intervened. I found out what the dumb idiot was doing, and I went to the bank, and I told them. And sure enough, my dad showed up there to withdraw his money, but they would not let him have it. And then Orlando police was already there, too, because I had called them. But that's what happens when you have people with dementia and Alzheimer's. They are on what's known as sucker list. Or if your elderly parent is... Um, very willing to give up money and do things that they shouldn't do, they will be on a nationwide, worldwide sucker list. And the criminals buy and sell these sucker lists so that they can take advantage of your mother, your father, or whatever person is a loved one that has this disease and will ultimately end up cleaning out their bank accounts to help the criminals because they think, They're going to get something. Social engineering is uh, really, really bad. And that's why you and I are getting all of these phone calls from these scam artists all the time. First of all, when you get phone calls from people you don't know, first of all, the rule is don't answer it. Oh, but I need to answer it because it could be somebody important on the other end of the line. Bullshit. Do not ever answer a phone call from somebody that you don't know. Just don't do it. If it's so goddamn important that they want to relay some information, they'll leave a voicemail. Never, ever, in this day and age, it is so dangerous to answer a phone. Unless you know the person calling, do not answer the phone. If it's so goddamn important, they will leave the information on a voicemail. And then you can listen to it and decide for yourself if you want to call them back or just delete it. But the rule is never, ever, ever, let's repeat, never, ever, ever answer a phone call from somebody that you did not know, or you did not request a phone call. It will go to voicemail, but don't answer it. Number two, don't ever open an email from somebody that you do not know, or you did not request. If so, You're an idiot. Do not ever click on a link in any email from a person that you did not specifically request information from. If somebody sends you a text on your phone with a link in it, do not ever open that text. If you did not specifically request it and it has a link, don't ever open that fucking link. Don't do it. Don't open the link. The minute you do, you have allowed malware to come into your phone. You have allowed malware to come into your network. And it will embed itself like a virus and destroy you, your bank accounts, and the people around you. Do not do it. Don't ever. And if for some reason your computer gets to be an issue because of a virus that you have downloaded, don't fuck with it yourself. Take your computer to a Good computer repairman uh, who deals with this and get them to clean it out. But guys, I don't know, this is directed at men. Women generally don't look at pornography. For some strange reason, men do. Men, stop looking at porno. Because if you click on or download something, chances are you're going to get a virus. Don't do it. If you get a virus in your computer, there's ways to clean it out. But don't you do it. And don't ever, and listen to me when I'm saying this, don't ever receive a phone call and don't ever make a phone call when something pops up on your screen that says, your computer is infected, please call this 800 number. Don't ever do that. If you do, you're a fucking moron, because those are the criminals waiting for you to call them so that they can then get you to grant them access to your computer to steal all your personal information and gain access to your bank accounts. Do not ever, ever answer a phone call and do not make a phone call to grant anybody authorization to ever take over your computer. Unless, of course, it is a computer firm that you deal with every day and you better know who the person is you're talking to. But if you don't, do not ever grant authorization for somebody to take over and control your computer for the purpose of cleaning out viruses don't or malware. Don't ever do that. Go to a computer repair shop. And with that, great advice, tremendous advice on how to keep yourself safe, I'm going to say, Bob out.